This episode of Focus on This is brought to you by the new Full Focus Kids and Full Focus Students Planners, available for pre-order now. Learn more at fullfocusplanner.com slash pre-order. Courtney, hey. have you ever... Oh. <laughs> do it. Do no, it. But I was just, I love that we're still on Zoom because it's so easy to have a natural rhythm. I'm sure... Welcome to another episode of Focus on This, the most productive podcast on the internet, so you can banish distractions, get the right stuff done, and finally start loving Mondays with your host, Courtney Baker and Blake Stratton. I feel like our rapport has really only improved now that we are still physically and socially distanced. Yeah, yeah. We're still uh, recording from Zoom, and yeah, it's 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 amazing. We never, you know, talk over each other. We yeah, just total. We never talk over, over each her. other. Our oh, sync. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you know what I was thinking about today, Courtney? What? Before we started this, my phone did the single buzz, bzz, which mm-hmm. that vibration for me means something is about to start. Yeah. And has has the buzz ever given you some anxiety where you feel and it's like the calendar and you're like, oh, wait, I've got another thing after this. Oh, wait, there's another thing after this. And it's like that buzz just sort of makes your skin crawl a little bit. Yeah. Well, and especially do you remember back in the day when this was probably like Blackberry time? Remember that? And you really didn't have a great way to even remind you the but like pre buzz, you know, you just didn't know. You know, you had no safety net for you just your calendar. <laughs> you didn't know. I never had a BlackBerry. I had a dirty Nokia flip phone, and mm-hmm. I rode that sucker um, into oblivion. And then one day I got an iPhone, and the clouds parted. Um, the Lord's face shone upon me. And as uh, you know, I've been, my life has really been stress free ever since, just like uh, yeah. you said it would. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I, I feel you on that, like that buzz. It does sometimes, especially, you know, if it was, sometimes I actually block time off on my calendar and I will like think that it's buzzing because it's a meeting, but actually it's like time I've blocked off to like accomplish a task. But I do have that second of panic where I'm like, is that, is it, am I supposed to be somewhere right now? Um, and that can kind of feel terrible, but I think that is probably a common stressor probably that and when you're like in a deep project and then somebody this is probably especially when you're like working physically with other people and somebody comes and says like hey could you pop into a meeting for like 10 minutes we just have a few things that we want to ask you and then you're in this like very awkward like actually I'm like really getting something done here I but you also have the pressure of like I can't say no, right? Can I say no? I don't know. Yeah, I love I love popping into meetings. I, I it feels like free productivity. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm getting free productivity points. I'm popping into a meeting right here. I must be really valuable. But then I get to, you know, it's Thursday and I like look back at my weekly big three and I'm like, oh crap. I've got to yeah. make it all happen tomorrow somehow. Uh otherwise I totally missed out on moving towards my goals this week. And if I'm honest, it's because I was saying yes to things, but regretting it later. Yeah. And I think the point is like your calendar, you know, 
maybe a total mess. And, you know, we just described some things that kind of make it that way, you know, but especially if you don't know how to fix it, I think this episode is really for you. So today we're going to give you three steps to tame your out of control calendar. And when you do, you will feel more focused, you'll be more productive, you'll have the confidence you need because you're focused on your highest priorities, right? Not just being focused on whomever scheduled your latest meeting, right? And the best part is you'll actually get back some time, right? Some some personal time, not just more and more work time or more and more responding to things time, but your time, time that you can have autonomy over. So let's dive in, shall we? Okay, so the first step is define the win for you. And I think this question is really critical. You know, the first part of this step is to ask yourself the question, how does all this junk get on my calendar? Um, And I know it's not all junk, but sometimes it can feel like junk when you're in that very, like, chaotic feeling with your calendar. Um, And frankly... You know, there's several ways. Sometimes other people put stuff on there. You know, it could be your boss. It could be family members. It can be coworkers. Um, it can be your kid's school. It could be just other key relationships that can be putting stuff on your calendar. You know, sometimes you do it. You know, we do it to ourselves. You know, things you should do or just things you can't say no to. Uh, which I think happens a lot, that pressure of, you know, feeling like you have to do something. And here's the thing. You are in control of you. And you are also, by extension, in control of your calendar. You have to take ownership at the end of each week of what you actually did. I think that's huge. The ownership thing is massive when it comes to your calendar because... It can feel like, well, I didn't have a choice. You know, I got brought into this meeting, then I had to do this and then this, and, you know, my kids need this and this and this and this. And I empathize with the feeling of these things really are outside of my control and therefore I don't need to take ownership. But I would challenge you look at your calendar and decide, I can own this. I'm owning this. If it's the job, then guess what? You you chose to work at this job, right? You're taking, just take ownership of your calendar. Decide that this is, this is mine. This is my territory. And that will empower you. And also, I think, give you some creative ideas as we'll move into later on in this episode for how you can make your calendar work for you rather than you working for your calendar. So, Defining the win is where it all starts. Some things, sure, they will be non-negotiable, maybe for your job or, you know, for a certain relationship. But as Courtney said, I think there's some things that don't really align with our values, but we feel a social pressure, a relational pressure that we haven't really clarified or that we've just made up that fits an ambiguous ideal of what we should be, how we should behave. So what we encourage you to do in defining the win is to look back at what you've already defined as a win, 
right? So if you've set goals for this quarter, for this year, for instance, that would be a great place to start. Look at your actual goals. What are you trying to achieve this year? You know, look at your life plan. If you created a life plan, where do you want things to go long term? So th- those are a couple of options right there uh, to help you define the win. Yeah. And I think once you've done that, you can really free yourself from the like Superman, Superwoman guilt that, you know, we sometimes feel. Sometimes we we put that on ourselves. Sometimes, you know, other people put that on us. You don't have to be at every extracurricular activity. Um, I think I learned this really early on. I can't believe I'm about to share the story, Blake. Um, but in high school, this is like such an Enneagram 3. If you if you aren't familiar with Enneagram, Enneagram, I think you would call us like the overachievers a little bit. Is that, that's probably not the nicest description, but. Um, and of an Enneagram 3? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're giving yourself some credit there. Overachiever, you know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, you're t- you're totally right. That is guarantee. They want they want to win. If there's something to be done, they need to do it right and win and 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 hit the mark and check the box. And even though the, their full focus planner has built in boxes, they will draw boxes within those boxes within oh, those yeah, boxes. Oh yeah, yeah. Bring so that, that up they can again. Check them. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so in this is a high school. I'm going way back for this example, but I was crazy about you know in the back of your yearbook it would tell you like if you looked up your last name you know my main name was Ross you'd look up Ross and it would tell you all the page numbers that you were on I was determined to be like on so many pages and so I just like filled my life with every club every sport every everything that you could ever imagine being in in high school um And it literally ran my life. It was not, I don't think my life goal was to be in every, you know, silly high school club um, or even that I thought it was going to help me get into college. I really wanted all the credit in the yearbook. It was the craziest thing. Um, And it was some weird thing I had set up for myself. And I think it's really important to quickly realize, are there some things that you're like, pursuing that aren't actually in alignment with what you want in life, you know, and where that um, is coming from. But by doing this again, you're going to really free yourself up from that, that guilt that we can have, even if it's a high, high school yearbook guilt, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So step one, define the win for yourself. Step two is set hard boundaries. Now, this is a little trickier step, I think, because you have to translate this desire. Hey, I want to hit this goal or I want to follow through with this aspect of my life plan or I want to work in the desire zone. You know, we, we use that phrase in our free to focus course, which we're doing right now in our compass program. You know, that's the the things that you love to do that you're passionate about, but you're also great at, you know, you have these desires, but how does that translate into action? You know, how do you bridge that gap? So this is something that we've dialogued about in previous episodes, you know, specifically episodes 25 and 39, where we dig into the ideal week as a tool, because that's really what the ideal week is for. It's essentially putting those 
big priorities, those goals, those things that are in your desire zone, scheduling those first, making sure that they have a place week in and week out in your calendar. So this is key because if you don't schedule those things, if you don't have, in a sense, a pre-existing appointment, other people will create appointments and fill your calendar for you. Yeah, I think that's so key. Like if you don't have a plan, other people will give you their plan, you know, for you. Um, And it will happen quite easily. Uh, So some things that you really, you know, need to think through as you're kind of thinking through scheduling and those like important things that you want to get in um, when establishing boundaries. You know, you really want to set hard boundaries for your work day you know, your startup and your shutdown. And I know this is probably the one that you may struggle with the most. Um, Michael Hyatt, who... Yeah, I know uh, him. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I, I mean, have I've, 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 I've heard of you've him. Heard, okay, heard of good. Him. I'm Okay, glad. I'm glad you've heard of him. So he actually would... He set his, you know, to stop working at 6 o'clock, and he actually would have all the lights go off at his office. It was like a very hard, you know, reminder of like, this is when you said you were going to stop. And so there are lots of like tactics and guides on how you can do that. Really, really important. Another one, um, if you have key relationships, if you have a family or, you know, friends, you know, schedule that time, you know, figure out when that time is going to be for you to um, take part in those relationships. Another one is time off. You know, uh, we just actually here at Michael Hyatt and Company, we all just scheduled the rest of our time off for the rest of the year, Um, especially in crazy years like this one. You know, it can get easy to kind of find yourself, you know, three quarters through the year and be like, I haven't taken any time off. And here at Michael Hyatt and Company, we have unlimited, you know, time off. Um, But you have to be intentional with that, too. You know, it gets harder and harder just to be like, you know what? I'm going to take off next week. Um, Yeah. That actually reminds me. Can we we wrap up here pretty quick? I'm going to – I just feel like leaving. (laughs) You're going to be off the rest of the day? Sorry. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I I forgot it was unlimited PTO, so let's just wrap this up later. (laughs) You're out. Every everybody listening right now is like, tell me how that works again. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, get birds in here. I mean, that's – And by the way, everybody listening, it does, it totally works. And actually we have to be really proactive with like telling people like, Hey, make sure you schedule in, uh, your time off, um, hobbies. You want to schedule recreational activities or exercise. If you're a religious person, you know, time for those activities. And, you know, in addition, anything that's within your workday, that's fixed or ongoing, like a team meeting or a consistent all staff meeting. Those are things that you need to go ahead and schedule. Yeah, I think this is really important, even if it seems, you know, not essential, because the hard part with your calendar, for me at least, is saying no to opportunities that seem fine. You know, they don't seem amazing, but they don't seem bad. They seem fine. And if I look at my calendar, someone says, hey, you know, can you do X, Y, and Z next week? And, you know, maybe you can do it by Thursday. Or, hey, you know, do you, what if we did this meeting and we can have it blah, blah, blah on this day? And I look at my calendar over the next week and it's free. I'm like, oh, I'm free. 
And that's your only filter is, is there anything in Google Calendar that yeah. is a blob on the calendar, mm-hmm. right? That's most people, I think, that's their only filter is, do I have that time available? Well, since you asked me and I have the time available, now I'm just going to have to think for a second and be like, um, actually, my answer is no, and I just don't value you that much. You know, like that's kind of what we're afraid of saying right, or coming across right. as. So this is a great hack because it allows me to put something on my calendar that is important. And when someone asks, hey, would you be available at such and such time? Or, hey, do you have time in your week next week to tackle this project? It's non-essential, but I want you to do it. I can honestly take a look at my calendar. I mean, this happened just last week. Someone, you know, I had an opportunity to do a, a podcast interview, which I love to do those. It's not really the main part of my job description or related to big goals I have, but I love to do it. It adds some value. And I was looking at my calendar and I was like, oh, you know what? I have a block of time that literally just said buffer during the time. And it was, I knew that I needed that time because that's the time where I could get some deep work done. And so because that was there, I was able to say, you know what? Thank you so much for this. I can't be available during that time because I have, here's the key word, I already have commitments, right? I already have commitments. So if you take the time to make these commitments, you can with integrity say, that sounds amazing. Thank you for thinking of me. I have a commitment during that time. Could we work this out at another time? You know, or just say, you know what? I actually don't think I'll have the bandwidth to do that at all. And the answer is no. That makes that so much easier, I think. Our temptation is to, you know, that that buffer time is not as important. You know, like we feel that guilt and we've all got to, again, give ourselves the freedom to say, nope, I get to choose. You know, I'm in control here and I get to choose what is the highest priority. And so really laying these things out and figuring out that priority order you have the freedom, you know, that like get that cultural, you know, shame or tension there uh, is really not helping you. <laughs> uh, for everybody listening, Blake is like flipping his hair. Uh, so, again, some tips with this, you know, sometimes there will be conflicts um, and your desires will conflict. You know, for example, Blake, if that was like something really critical to your job, but you also had, you know, something scheduled, it usually comes down to what was scheduled first. And that's why it's really important, like you said, to go ahead and be thinking, you know, have this set up so you know what is what what's important to you and where your boundaries are so that when you get those opportunities, you you know what wins. Um, it makes it so much easier. So step one, define the win for yourself. Step two is set hard boundaries. Brings us to step three, which you just alluded to. Anticipate obstacles. Anticipate obstacles, right? Conflicts are bound to arise. I mean, this is just life. Nothing, you know, I don't have anything magical going on in my life that keeps my ideal week are, you know, always perfectly in sync and I don't have any issues. No. Conflicts happen and guess what? They're not always your fault. Sometimes you can't see them. Sometimes they look like a worldwide pandemic, for example, right? 
you've got to be ready for it. You can't just let it throw you, but there are some ways you can still protect your priorities. Yeah. And one of the ways that we probably underutilize is just negotiating with others when there is a conflict. You've already given an example of that with that podcast. You said, Hey, I've actually already got time, something scheduled. Can we schedule it for another time? Um, and you can do that even with your boss. You know, if you think, Hey, if my boss asked me for a meeting that I have something else, you can ask like, Hey, is there any way that we could do this at another time? Obviously they have the right to say no. And you say, yep, great. I will be there, you know? Um, but you really can negotiate with others when there is a conflict. Um, something that Dave, who is the developer on the marketing team does such a great job of slash is hero. really, Ah, yes. His Dave is amazing. Um, And he has these like deep work days and he will really communicate with the whole team. We use Slack. So he'll say, Hey, it's, I'm going to go into like dark mode for the next three hours. You know, please let me know if you need anything. Otherwise I'll be off, um, you know, in the next 30 minutes and I won't be back on till later in the day. And for for roles like that where you really need, well, honestly, we all need really deep work at times, uh, but especially for roles like kids that, you know, you really need that consistent deep work time, you know, informing your coworkers, letting them know, like, I want him to win. So I'm all about, hey, yeah, you, if you'll let me know, I am not going to like call you, slack you, you, you know, I'm really going to wait for you to like have the time that you need to get what you need done. Yeah, the key with anticipating obstacles is simply to give yourself a little bit of grace, right? First, you've got to set up the game so that you can win it, right? You've got to do these other steps. You have to uh, define your win. You've got to set those boundaries. But the reality is, I mean, this is your life. You know, this isn't anyone else's. And there's really no value to yourself to get down on missing a couple of days in your habit goal or accidentally getting double booked and having to back out from something else, right? This is a normal part of life. And an analogy that Michael uses, I have found helpful, and it's this. When we talk about a productivity tool like the Full Focus Planner or like the Ideal Week or just these steps we're giving you today, it's a lot like playing a musical instrument. And the first time you do it, it, it's going to be awkward. It'll feel clunky. There'll be moments of some brilliance and some fun. But, you know, over time, as you practice, you develop proficiency. And those things, those on fire moments in your calendar, they happen less. You know, the, it's easier to play the instrument, so to speak. You can, you can make beautiful calendar music <laughs> the more you practice this. I think all of these together help. I think one important factor we've kind of not talked about is if you do have an assistant that works with you, um, that these steps become just that much more easier, honestly, because once you've defined boundaries, you can hand them off to your assistant. And let me tell you, your assistant can hold to those boundaries much more than you can. I mean, frankly, it's it's kind of crazy. And they also can say no 
uh, way easier than you can. You know, if you've got something blocked off for them to say, no, no, it's, it's no problem. They don't have that innate guilt um, that we've kind of talked about. Um, so really equip your assistant if you have one, you know, hand off your calendar. A lot of people have a really hard time doing it. Um, if you don't have your world-class assistant, um, which is one of our books that you can check that out with a lot more tools on how to do that well, but I would really encourage you, um, they can guard your priorities better than you would. Um, and you know, frankly, it's going to help you save a lot of time and it's going to make you more productive. It's like a win-win all around. For sure. I mean, your world-class assistant, you mentioned it. You can sit down and read it in one sitting, but I think it's maybe one of our best, if not our best books we've ever done, because it's so practical when it comes to your calendar. And after reading that, I was like, that's that's when I knew I've got to bring Courtney on as my assistant, <laughs> uh, just because I could really use the help. So you it's know, been a great... I would be like a terrible assistant. I mean, I'm not even. I think that's a limiting belief. I think that's a limiting belief, Court. Okay, okay, yeah. I just, I'm, I'm so like forward thinking that it would be like that the day of something. I would be like, oh, yeah. I guess you should be doing something different than this. (laughs) I'd be like, but your plan for two years from now, I got that down. (laughs) So. Today, we've talked about how to tame your calendar when it feels like a mess, when it feels like you are out of control and their calendar is running you, not the other way around. You can follow these three steps to get over that. One, define the win for you. Nobody else, not what you should be doing. Think about you, what you really want, what's really important to you and define the win. Step two, set hard boundaries. Set some hard boundaries, put some things on the calendar, set recurring events for your biggest priorities. Make an ideal week in the full focus planner if you've got one, and then feel free to communicate that. Step three, anticipate obstacles. Life isn't perfect, we all know that. I mean, it is for Courtney, but for the rest of us, you know, there's there are obstacles on occasion. So anticipate those, be ready to give yourself grace, realize this is a process and it's a long game, it's a marathon, not a sprint, and be ready for those. So any final thoughts, Courtney? You know, a lot of times we say, well, and actually we don't say, this is something Michael says and we really take to heart around here is what gets scheduled gets done. And I think that is very true. And if you find yourself, you know, always just hitting a wall with your goals or just feeling like you didn't get the things you wanted to get done, done at the end of the week, if you're feeling kind of, you know, you're not feeling satisfaction at the end of the week, I think this is really scheduling the things that are really important to you first helps you achieve that. So it's like what gets scheduled gets done. And when you schedule the things that are the highest priority to you, they are going to get done. And so you're going to leave each week with a sense of fulfillment. And, you know, just that's what I, I don't live for that, but it is a huge like motivator, you know, like I want to feel fulfilled in the work that I do in the relationships that I have. And I think this is a really key part of helping you get there. 
Thank you everyone for joining us once again on Focus on This. We appreciate you making us a part of your Monday. This is the most productive podcast on the internet, according to me. So share with your friends. Uh, And we'll be here next week with another great episode. Until then, stay Stay focused. focused. This episode of Focus on This is brought to you by the new Full Focus Kids and Full Focus Students Planners, available for pre-order now. Learn more at fullfocusplanner.com slash pre-order.